I agree. She is really good. I've seen all the things that you listed that she's in. But for some reason, she just didn't. Probably because I don't want to bone her. I didn't quite remember (laughs) her. Welcome to Pulp Fliction, the one where we review Tin Cloverfield Lane, a uh, sort of kind of sequel to uh, Cloverfield, of course, brought to you by J.J. Abrams. After getting in a car accident, a woman is held in a shelter with two men who claim the outside world is affected by a widespread chemical attack. Let's check out that trailer. What are you going to do to me? I'm going to keep you alive. You were in an accident. And I saved your life by bringing you here. And everyone outside of here is dead. What happened to your arm? Were you trying to escape? I was trying to get in. What was that? Quiet. How do you know that this is real? Something's coming. Thank you, Jacob. I am Brandon Rabar, joined as always on Pulp Fiction by Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson. Uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, starring John Goodman, of course, of Roseanne fame, uh, all the Coen <laughs> Brother movies you can think of. Whoa, what's so funny about that? I just, he's done so many things, it makes me sad that Roseanne is his claim to fame, even though he was great and he was the best part of the show. Oh, he was, yeah. It, that's all I, I was laughing. I at. think it's one of the best sitcom performances of all time. That's for another time, though. He was nominated for a lot of uh, Emmys for that show. I that's think. true. Well Angles deserved. Well deserved. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, known for Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the Thing remake, and uh, John Gallagher Jr., who uh, broke out in Short Term Twelve opposite Brie Larson just a few years ago, uh, and that is pretty much the entire cast. Yeah. It's a three-person cast. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Jacob, what were your overall thoughts? Overall thoughts on Tin Cloverfield Lane? Uh, as always, I think it's important, especially a movie like this, to say that we do do spoilers. So if you don't want to hear it, turn it off, go listen to the movie, or watch it, and then come back and listen to us. What yeah. about your doo doo? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a very this movie. If you're spoiled on this movie, it's going to kind of run the entire movie for you. Yeah, I think so. So yes, definitely don't listen if you haven't seen this movie. Yeah. Um, that being said, I have never seen Clo- Cloverfield. I only saw this trailer once a couple months ago, and I haven't seen it since. I knew nothing about this movie. I That's really good. went in blind about That's the awesome. whole premise in general. <clears throat> Look, I have an idea what Cloverfield is about, and I actually have a really good idea what it's about. And so don't think you're going to spoil anything by talking about that movie if it needs to be talked about. And however this movie is or isn't associated with, I'm, I'm interested in hearing because really before we even did this, uh, we talked about me going into it blind or if I should watch Cloverfield first. And we, should, we decided I should go into it blind right. just to see if it holds up by itself. Right. That being said, I walked out of that movie. I don't have a clue how to feel about this movie. I, I, was, I was really – because I really think it was two different movies. And yeah, three quarters of it, you know, four fifths of it, whatever, all the way up until the last 10 minutes was there are three people trapped in the basement 
and we don't know if what's going on outside of the world is what John Goodman says it is or isn't. Right. And then there's the last 15 of the, of the minutes of the movie, which is a whole different shoot in oh, a way, a, genre. Yeah, it is pretty much a different uh, genre. I mean, it goes from like kind of horror thriller to sci-fi. Yeah, absolutely. So I've had a, like a good 24 movie. hours to sit on it. Inevitably, I think it's just good. And I think it's because of that, that sudden change of events that's really, really throwing me off. But I liked it. I thought that, you know, it's hard to put three people in a room, in a room mm-hmm. and that be the entire movie. Yeah, you're going to have to have strong dialogue. You're going to have to find different ways to show it through the camera to keep it interesting. Uh, you're going to have to have good acting, good casting, yeah. which I believe they nailed here. And, you know, we're going to do our top five lists are on uh, our underrated actors. And I think here's the great example. We have three underrated actors, all good actors, basically, yeah. Yeah. who, you know, yes, I think the most famous is obviously John Goodman, but he's still... You know, really, if we say you're still known for Roseanne, that was 30 years ago, 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, so what does that say about the cast? So I think they nailed the cast. I I certainly enjoyed it. I certainly was on my seat in some places, more so towards the second half. But I also was bored at other times, too, because of, you know, just dialogue and, and that nature. Um, that's it in the beginning. <laughs> All right, Rachel, your overall thoughts. I I know that he hit on something that Rachel and I both... We actually saw it together, so of course we talked a little bit about it. Uh, you can't help but to, but his touching on um, the fact that it was almost a completely different movie. Oh, a totally I mean, different movie. So, what what were your thoughts? I liked it a lot. It was a lot more the first part of the movie. The first movie was really suspenseful, mm-hmm. uh, and I loved that part of it. I think that they spent too long on the second part. I think they gave us too much information almost. And to me, it detracted from from things when they could have just showed if she would have come out and just seen like, oh, crap, there's aliens out here. And that would have been the end of the movie. I would have been fine with that. To me, that would have been better. I didn't need the whole second half where she gets sucked up on that car and they're trying to to take her away. It's a second half. I think it is more like 15 minutes. Yeah. Although it's a it's a huge transition. It is a huge transition. And it does feel like it goes on for a while. It does. I I want to call it a second half. Okay. Well, in a way, it kind of just starts a whole new movie. It does. And then where, I mean, where it ends, it's like, gosh, you could easily have a sequel because where does it go from here? Right. And I don't know what the plan is for this Cloverfield whatever it is, if it's just a, a bunch of random stories. I don't know if some point they're going to meet together and it's all going to become one movie. I don't know what his plan is there. Well, that's I that's what I kind it, of but... hoped for when I saw the movie. But if you want to know what I've read and, and all those things, J.J. Abrams calls this a blood relative to the uh, first movie. Right. He didn't even come so far. Some fans were saying it's happening in the same universe. What I'm understanding from kind of reading between the lines of everything that J.J. Abrams has said about it it's almost more like an anthology based on same universe kind of thing? kind of the same universe that's interesting kind of the same themes universe well the know, quote that, that i thing. read was it, same theme park different ride yeah as, that's as how yeah, i, yeah. I read it. that also yeah. yeah and that's that's a good way of putting it i would say well let's back up a second because i don't think we said this jj abrams produced Ten Cloverfield Lane, and then I believe Cloverfield was his directorial debut. I believe, even so. though yeah. he produced things like Lost I think and so. had his yeah. hands in lots of other things before that. Um, and then this was first time director uh, Dan uh, Trachtenberg, yeah, uh, who directed this movie. Um, so that's why J.J. Abrams is coming up in all this. 
You know, and that's, you know, for someone who's a J.J. Abrams fan, that's why I'm a little surprised in myself that I haven't seen Cloverfield. Just don't like film footage, and that's a big reason why. Right. Anyway. Uh, So, to say all that, I thought it was a good movie. I am a little surprised at how well it's received, even though I would have definitely given it a fresh rating. Um, But I liked it. It's at 89% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Which is kind of crazy for for a horror slash... Like, for this kind of movie, it's kind of crazy that it has that high of a rating, because typically these don't do well. But there's no reason for it not to. The acting was good. The script was good. It was intense. It did all the things that it wanted to do. It was directed really well, It was directed Mm -hmm. really well. So... So it makes sense, but I was still kind of surprised just because of the kind of movie it is. But I really enjoyed it. I think I liked it maybe a little bit more than both of you guys did. Uh, I th- because, okay, I'm a sucker for kind of post-apocalyptic type movies or any sort of like put a few actors in a room or an enclosed situation and just watch them work. Um, if you got a tight script, good dialogue, and good actors. And this definitely had all of those elements. So for me, I I really enjoyed it. I thought that uh, first and foremost, what we're from before we get to the the craziness at the end, that movie itself, I really really enjoyed. They could have completely not done any of the alien monster stuff at the end, and I would have really loved that movie. If she would have just gotten out of there and she was free, maybe she had the gas mask on and she just kind of went on her way or whatever it was. If you don't show us any aliens. I still like the movie. A I lot. actually would have liked it more. Yeah, and I can. So. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah. Well, you I, probably would feel like you had more closure anyway. Right. Right. Uh, but you did get the whole thing at the very end. She decided to go to Houston where people needed help instead of going to the place with shelter, <laughs> at, right? At the most randomly right. placed Houston and Baton Rouge sign. Yeah. In, <laughs> she just happened to in be Texas. right there. Yeah. Yeah. But I did, I did appreciate uh, that it tied into her story earlier with the whole, uh, you know, seeing. Uh, a, a daughter and a father at the department store and he didn't she didn't help the girl and she felt guilty about that that was her big regret so she ended up going to Houston to help people which was cool I like how it tied in together did yeah. you guys catch that yeah okay I didn't know if no uh, yeah no <laughs> that was one because on the radio now I see it yeah on the now radio it's kind of it was like go here if you want you know shelter there's nothing wrong Got there it. but go here if you mm. we need help want to join us yeah right um so that's how that tied in with that whole discussion earlier with, with John Gallagher. Uh, but what I was going to say, though, first and foremost, what I enjoyed so much was John Goodman. He played this villain or is he a hero so well. Or anti-hero, yeah. He was an anti-hero. He was – you didn't know if he was a good guy that seemed kind of shady or a really shady guy that, guy that seemed kind of good. Right. But he played it pitch perfectly. You could, The whole movie kind of is a seesaw um, – you yourself as an audience member, and then uh, the other two characters, uh, Michelle and Emmett, go back and forth whether or not John Goodman's a good guy or not. Right, like the paranoid good guy. So it, that yeah. exactly shady. Eggs. Toward all to help with your pain. Please, please, just let me go, please. There is nowhere to go, Michelle. You're lucky to be here at all. I don't understand. There's been an attack. A big one. I'm not sure yet if it's chemical or nuclear. But down here, we're safe. I was driving north of here. You were in an accident. 
This saved your life, Michelle. Thank you so much for saving my life. I, I guess I should, I should go to a hospital now. You can't leave. That teeter-tottering or whatever, that was kind of annoying for me. I loved it. Because this is the part where I kind of overanalyze some movies, and I'm doing it in this one in particular, because it's like, okay, common sense says, just tell them this, old man, and then maybe they'll chill out a little bit. Don't be so intense, and maybe they won't be so you know suspect. And it's like, hey, kids, just tell them you're making a gas mask just in case. you know. But I don't know. But that's, yeah, that's where I'm being a little part. too nitpicky, you know? I agree with them. Yeah, and then the, you won't yeah. get shot in the face. Yeah, <laughs> which was a really intense scene. Oh, that was an amazing scene. It was awesome. I, I was curled up in my chair at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> well, because there were some really good, obviously suspenseful moments, but there were some horror elements to the movie. Right. Uh, and John Goodman was just so good. And I did really like the twist where, you know, at, the, at, at a certain point you think, okay, he's all good. It's all happy. Now... But we're only halfway through the movie, so we're obviously going to have another conflict. But you think maybe it's the outside world or what's ever going on there. But then when she goes through the vents and all that, which and was finds, a good scene. it was, and then finds the help scratched into the glass, and you find out the girl he's been seeing his daughter wasn't his daughter, right. and all this. I was like, oh snap! Like the, well, I really and then it that. turns then, rapey. Yeah, it does yes. turn rapey. It's, that, yeah. that weirded me out. Like, <laughs> well, and plus they never really came back and finalize that story we just know that there was a girl and we're left to assume that maybe she was dropped in the acid container yeah but at I the same time was. you know why did john goodman have her down in the basement so he apparently he did kidnap her yeah that's the whole yeah movie thing. So he, he did kidnap yeah. her when she was in high school and then put her in this bunker but yet when emmett was helped building it he never saw her i mean I don't. It just depends on how long he's had that bunker. See, I There's think some, that, that's a I that's had, a plot hole right there. I had the same thought, but what what I I agree with you, but I assumed that he'd built a bunker a while back. That's and what then I assumed he as just well. Just kidnapped her afterwards is what I assumed. But he uh, said she went missing in high school. That's what Emmett said, right? So it's like okay, but Emmett helped him build the bunker. So how would he well, have missed this girl? Know the timeline to get out. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's a little vague, right? Line. Yeah, it is and vague. I think I think that's a plot hole. And I <laughs> one other thing is we don't know for sure. Did you guys think that he ever had a daughter? I think he did. I think he had a daughter and they did leave to Chicago and so he kind of kidnapped this girl to take the place of his daughter. Is how I took it. I don't know. That's the whole seesaw thing that was kind of it was just too much. And we never even knew if he was rapey or not. Because I, I watched it twice, so I kind of have a little bit of a different perspective. Because I kind of oh, he knows more than but us. There was, read they... <laughs> <laughs> well, when I knew the twist, when you watched the beginning That's of it, true. you kind of get a different perspective. Sure. Um, and so I kind of felt like, oh, no, we don't know, know for sure, but he was definitely given up a, off a major rapey vibe, <laughs> was, well, big but, time, but, more so than like creepy psycho, which is what we were teeter tottering. But before, then you're like, oh, like. Right. I think he's gonna rape this girl now. Right, but I, but then the other shaving thing was, the beard didn't help. No, no. It, didn't, it didn't. But if you remember, he he kept calling her things like little girl or princess, and yeah. then he told her he's not a pervert. Uh, and 
I think that he was looking for a daughter replacement, but he could have been rapey. That was they left it vague. It, it's it's they it's left tricky. It vague. I don't it I don't was. really know. It's tricky. The Either vibe way, John was John Goodman's rapey. performance was great. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was really really good. Uh, as always underrated. It was nice to see him in a leading role. We we see him a lot in big great movies. He's been in a lot of Oscar nominated movies, yeah, but he's, he's always a supporting, supporting role, yeah. a slight role. Right. He's always like the next best supporting role. Right. So Yeah. Um so Really nice to see him in a leading role and, and, and just being so good. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was really, really good. Yes. Uh, and pretty hot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a big fan of hers ever since Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, if you don't know who I'm talking about, she's the one who had the blue hair, the pink hair, the one that Scott Pilgrim was in love with. Yes. And she was kind of a little bit bipolar girlfriend in that for yes. the most part. Now, Rach says you didn't really recognize her. Were you just kind of messing with us? No, I really didn't remember what okay. she looked like and right. when after you guys were making inappropriate comments through text about her. <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, I think she was a blonde. Then I looked her up and I was like, nope, that's straight up brunette. I really, I'm all I meant was she didn't really stand out to me as far as like, oh, that girl's super hot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just thought she was kind of a, something about her acting where it's very subtle. It's calm. Yeah. Uh, she's a cool character. And I like that about her. Plus, she has unique features. I think she's got those big, kind of big eyes. Yes. Like yes. Disney-type character eyes. Yes. Um, she's got some, you know, some really cool features about her. That's why I was excited about what her career was going to do after Scott Pilgrim. And then she did, like, a remake of The Thing. Yeah. I think the 2011. And then I haven't seen her in anything else. And if I have, I don't remember it. And I was really, been really disappointed about that. So when I saw her in this movie, I was like, sweet. I finally get to see this girl act again. And I really liked her. And, and I was thought she was really good i agree she is really good i've seen all the things that you listed that she's in but for some reason she just didn't probably because i don't want to bone her i didn't quite remember (laughs) her but i mean she was really good in scott pilgrim um something else i know that we saw that she was in she was in that jeremy renner movie kill the messenger uh she was in a tv show called the returned that got some decent reviews but i never watched it uh, she was in this movie called Faults, which is a good little. She plays. Oh, she was in Faults. She plays. Uh, she's a part of a cult. Um, See, Rachel. Actually, she lives next door, and <laughs> you don't even know it. <laughs> Rachel's seen like six of the shows. Or yeah, exactly. I've seen all. Of oh, them. she's in the Spectacular Now. With I haven't seen Miles a lot of these. Teller. That you said the Spectacular Now is a movie we should all watch. Uh, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> we should, and I mean, by we, I mean you. Should definitely uh, she's also watch. in A Good Day to Die Hard. I hadn't seen that one either. Oh. No, I did not see that one. Um, anyways. I did see Spectacular. Now, oh, though. she was also Mary Todd Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So, oh, so she's done all sorts of things, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, and then also um, John Gallagher, who we all loved in Short Term 12, um, I liked his role in this. What was cool about him, he was also a character. I don't know how you guys felt about him. Did you guys think he was good the entire time? Or were you questioning whether he was in on it? Were you questioning whether or not? I always thought he was good. Only in the beginning I was a little suspicious. But after really about 10 or 15 minutes, I was like, oh, he's just going to be a good old boy. That's how I was. Yeah. I was the same way. And yeah. I liked his story. Really, and I fit in. I've seen John Gallagher in Newsroom, which he is really good. Um, and I don't. I think he's a good actor, but I'm not sure how big, much range he has. I would agree with so that. So can he pull off what John Goodman pulled off? No, and I, I did not believe could. it at this time. No, I don't think he could be menacing. Yeah, he's very like good that. at being like the good guy. Yeah, yeah, so. and he was, and he very much so was in this. Uh, and there were some funny moments, too, that we haven't discussed. Like when they were playing uh, Taboo or whatever the, the card game was, mm-hmm. and uh, 
they were doing uh, Santa, Claus. Santa Claus. It was so intense. It was nerve-wracking. It was really, really nerve-wracking because he's saying things like, I know what you're up to. I watch you. I can be anywhere. And like John Gallagher is like freaking out. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then all, finally, Marilyn Wynn says, like, Santa yeah. Claus. And then his reaction, John Goodman's reaction is so funny to that. Do you remember it? He's like, uh, he's like, yes, yes. But I want to keep that turn. point. Yeah. I'm going to keep that point. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, John, John Goodman was he was so good in this. Uh, let's talk about that that acid scene or whatever. Oh yeah. I mean, I thought that was a great buildup. I mean, it was getting to the point where something needed to happen. It yeah. was right around that time. I actually broke out my phone just to see how long the movie was because I was kind of hitting the. Okay, I'm kind of getting bored, guys. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Which is not good. Really? I, I never got bored with it. I, like I said, the first half I was bored. And so when it hits that, you know, when he breaks out the ass and he's kind of talking about, like he, and John getting, Goodman's getting really intense and dropping the pin and the scissors in there. Mm-hmm. And basically Emmett fesses up to it. It was me. It was me the whole time. And of course, the girl's sitting there saying, well, I was in on it too. But John and Goodman doesn't choose to believe her. Right. He just shoots <laughs> Emmett in the face. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, I, I really did like, Fist clenched. I was really surprised that he killed him. I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. I did not think we were going to go there. Did you all know that this was a horror genre? It's at least listed as a horror thriller drama uh, on IMDb. Did you know that? Yeah, I assume so just because Cloverfield was the same way. Yeah, so okay. I, I, assume this I knew would what I was walking okay. into. So yeah. I, was, I was shocked when you know that happened, and I was... I thought it was crazy when they she runs back in the room, you know, about five minutes later, and he's like all his body's in there, oh, and they yeah. kind of the yeah. camera looked over at it. I was like, "Oh, yeah, gross. That, was, yeah, that was awesome." <laughs> um, but then that last ten minutes, let's talk about that too. Yeah, that, uh, that's definitely it's gonna be, it's the most polarizing part of the movie. Yeah, well, it's yes, and I actually think it's the most beautifully the most beautiful shot part of the movie, but that's also because there was so much more depth of field to work with. Well, yeah. You know, and they, they actually kind of mess with the viewer and that they never really showed what that creature looked like full body, only like an up close worm, you know, looking thing, Yeah, which was creepy in itself. Like I was the most animated that last 10 minutes than any, than anything prior to that, yeah. which is why I liked it so much more, but I also like sci-fi or catered to sci-fi. Right. And so I was like, sweet, this is awesome, even though it's a totally different movie. Right. That's why I walked out like, I don't know how to feel about this because I was kind of bored, really, with just the basement part. Really? See, I I liked the basement part yeah. more than the end part. I, I didn't Although hate I liked... it. I liked all the dialogue, and it was good thriller stuff. But once it gets to that really that heavy action stuff, that's where you really like. I was I was pretty jazzed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you were the opposite. And then yeah. I was kind of in the middle. I was like, I like this and it's cool. It doesn't really fit with the rest of the movie. But I I was okay with it because I knew going into it that this was a possibility. It's well, Cloverfield, and I knew that so too. I knew, I knew it was going to tie in with Cloverfield. Right. I knew what the deal was the right. entire time. I knew yeah. what was going on outside. Basically, you just what, thought it went on too long. What is that? I mean, you can yeah, spoil just, it for me. Like, what is the tie into Cloverfield? It's just an alien attack. It's it's a monster slash alien. You don't really. Know. It looks kind of like a Godzilla well, alien, which thing. is what makes Cloverfield kind of so good. Is because like this, they didn't show too much of it. It was just enough for it to be really creepy, but you don't really know yeah. what you're looking at, and that okay. was part of the appeal of Cloverfield. It was. That's what made it good. Was it the same looking like worm? Because I heard it's like a no, big it looked totally different. Thing. Yeah, okay. it's more like All a Godzilla right. almost, like okay. a, like an alien meets Godzilla type creature. But creature. I knew it was going to be that kind of thing because right. it's a, because of a tie-in with Cloverfield. I just didn't need the whole. I just thought it went on too long. I didn't need the whole explanation. If she would have just come out and seen it and been like, "F," 
he was right. Like, yeah. and now I don't have this shelter. What am I going to do? And they could have just cut it off right there. And, and I speaking of the F bomb, I was glad that she finally did drop the F bomb when she was on top of that car and just kind of went like, yeah, yeah, me, like, you know? seriously, seriously like after a, all this, after all this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I really liked, I, I, I really enjoyed the movie and I think that they, the two parts kind of tied in well together because it's such a slow burn. A lot of people aren't going to be real happy with the first part of it and they'll love the action part of it. And then the opposite. Some people appreciate more the other part of it mm-hmm. more. And I even like I don't know if you guys remembered it, but Emmett uh, John Gallagher even says during the movie when they're talking about all the different things that it could be is like, oh, just wait till uh, what's his name? What's John Goodman's name? Howard. It's like just wait till Howard tells you about his alien worm uh, right. theory, that and that it was didn't cool. be yeah. an alien yeah. worm yeah. thing. So they even kind I of like that. hinted beforehand that it could be an alien worm thing. And it was kind of everything they said because they thought it was a chemical attack. It ended up it was a chemical attack because it did spray out the chemicals. It was an alien worm thing. It was spaceships. It was like a bunch of different things, but it was kind of a lot of the things that they said it might be. So does that technically make Michelle the bad guy since uh, Howard was right the whole time? He was just trying to protect her. Nope. And she ruined it by killing him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I mean, but you, make an inter- you could argue that he was really looking out for her best interest and she would have been dead if it yeah. wasn't for shooting him. Shooting guy in the face doesn't help but no yeah um, <laughs> no, it doesn't uh, well, one more thing that i want to bring up real quick is the title sequence which i thought was amazing i loved it how the lines went oh, form the other words like, it was like correct dead silence oh correct yes dead silence i and love that I was do you like, remember wow that was loud and yeah. effective and this is what we're watching yes yep. and actually after thinking about the movie in general it's like almost too bad that we're not doing a top five you know, opening scenes to a movie for a list. Yes. We should do that sometime because this could be, you know, one of those films that we bring up. It really it was, was a really good intro. I really, and I appreciate that more the second time I watched yeah, it. It really just kind of sets up what you're going to see. It does. And it really, and it's weird because you would think that like interrupting a, an action car crash scene would be, make it less effective, but it right. actually made it much more intense. Yeah, because really, because of the sound editing, I mean, yeah. it was really good on, on that level. Then last thing, did you, was it you or was it Misty? I can't remember if it was the first time or second time that noticed the voice on the phone that she talked to. Um, I feel like we've discussed this, did, but do I you don't know who it is? what it is. Her boyfriend was. On I heard. I heard about it. It's Bradley Cooper. It, must oh, been, it was Misty. Then. It was Misty yeah. that noticed. Yeah, it was Misty. You mean I your fiance? Yeah, my fiance. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, that you forgot that conversation you had with her. <laughs> Great. She's going to hear this. Oh, yeah, I know. I said that on purpose. (laughs) I think I appreciate that. But, yeah, it's it's Bradley Cooper on the phone, which is kind of cool. Like, uh, then I – so I had to find out. It's like there had to be some sort of J.J. Abrams connection, and I didn't realize that he was on Alias. Did you guys know that? He was like in like a ton of episodes of Alias. He's a lot skinnier in that that show, too. Did you know that? No. I had no idea. Never watched Alias. Alias. I didn't either. I didn't either, but I just found out about like a year or so ago. Yeah, so apparently they're still besties from his Alias days, so that's why he did that that little voice cameo. So, anyway, so 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, Not real sure what to say about it, but it's really the only good thing out that's out right now. Yeah, that's for sure. I liked it. I'm. Like we discussed, I'm really happy for John Goodman. John Goodman's one of my favorite actors. Yeah. And so it's cool to see him in a leading role because he doesn't get any of those. So, yeah. And I thought he carried it fantastically. Yeah. Here's another cool note. I mean, it was a $5 million budget, which is really low. That's really low. And it made $24 million the first the opening weekend. That's oh, awesome. that's good. So it's done really well so yeah. far. Good. That's, awesome. that's pretty cool. Which means we will definitely be seeing a third Cloverfield, which was the plan right. anyway. Which is totally fine with me. In case there is any sort. But the, the weird thing was... 
there's actually a big lapse between because I, th- I think the first Cloverfield came out in 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. So it's been like seven, eight years since the uh, first Cloverfield. Uh, oh. and the last thing I'll say that I found out as I was reading about it, this wasn't originally going to be a Cloverfield movie. It was just a movie called The Cellar. And that whole first part that we saw, that was all the movie was going to be. And then they just threw J. in the Cloverfield Abrams stuff. really, really liked the script. Huh. And he, when he was reading it, like, I guess Cloverfield was going through his head. And so he's like, this will be the next Cloverfield. And so that's kind of how it happened. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's just, that's a lot of the economics of Hollywood that I could talk about. They like to kind of bring up sequels and that sort of thing. They're even, I even heard the argument where they make movies, they're putting numbers at the beginning of movies like 10 Cloverfield Lane so that you see it fat first, first in a list like Netflix list or yep. whatever. That's Don't smart. think that these that's are what accidents. They, yep. That's what they did with the yellow pages. That's why everything is triple A. Yep. Uh, so you can because get it's the first thing you see. Yeah. These aren't accidents, people. Yeah. Uh, I did want to mention though that I thought as far as uh, like the filming was concerned, obviously the first Cloverfield really shaky cam mm-hmm. found footage stuff and we didn't really see shaky cam until she was out of the cellar. So that's a good call. I thought that was... I it's was almost like, like oh, that's here's it, Cloverfield. Yeah, it's because like it that's shot it just in. like that. That's so. a good call. But see, I love Shaky yeah. Cam when done the right way, and I think they did it really well here. Um, whereas found footage, it's too much like a, someone an amateur's doing. I actually it. am not way into Shaky Cam, but I thought Cloverfield did it well. Okay, yeah, I haven't it did. seen. It, I can't say much. I just keep picturing Cloverfield being like uh, Blair Witch. You know. It's, where it's, it's just not. too much no. for me. It's not. It's more sophisticated than that. Okay, it good. is. It's definitely more sophisticated. Uh, and I it's... just, I, the, I just, the number one thing I hate about sh- or found footage is, will you turn that camera off? It's like, we get it. You've got the camera in your hand. This one, it was like, <laughs> was it New Year's? I think it was a New Year's party. Yeah. And so they were filming. Yes. And then they heard like big noises that were like, oh, what's that? So it kind of makes sense. And it's like, keep filming so we can figure out what this is or what. So they they do it in every movie that they do it. They did it in Blair Witch. They did it in what was the sci-fi that came out two or three years ago? The which one? The sci-fi one that came out where it's the four boys that find it. Oh, Michael Chronicle. Chronicle. Yeah. Every time they bring up, well, yeah, you turn that camera that's off. That's true. Yeah, that's anyway, true. Going off on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, so it's in Cloverfield Lane. I think we all enjoyed it, maybe at various different levels, but we all enjoyed yeah. the movie. Go see it. Um, okay. So what have we been watching lately, guys and gals? Rachel. I never go to you first. What have you been watching lately? I think we've talked about it before. Vinyl on HBO is really good. It's getting better. It's getting better. I heard it was slow. The uh, first one. The and I think I'm the one that probably told you that the first one is a little bit slow, but it's setting up characters and all of that kind of stuff, and you're trying to kind of get your footing at, at what you're seeing. Who are these bands supposed to be? Because uh, there's a lot of bands that are real in there. There are a lot of bands that are made up. Um, it's partially produced by Mick Jagger. And so I feel like a lot of these stories are, are real stories, but they're all these bands are kind of, a amalgamation. Is that the right word? Good word. Of a, a bunch of different bands, but it's getting more and more interesting as it goes on. I'm caught up on vinyl Sweet. now. So Scorsese um, and Mick Jagger are involved. So I'm, I've been excited about, it. I just haven't watched it yet. And a lot of great actors on the show as well. So I recommend vinyl and I mentioned this before. I don't think I've been watching anything new, but 11, 23, 63, the, the Stephen King Hulu original. Right. Um, I watched the first one and I was like, uh, James Franco is just so James Franco. Like, yeah, he's, really? he's an okay he's actor, so bipolar but he's just, he, but he's James Franco and he, he can't not be himself. He's either really stiff 
or he's good only good being high yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and and yeah. that still applies okay. so after watching the first episode i was like that's a semi-intriguing story the ending was really intriguing but it was just so james franco but i finally got around to watching a couple more episodes and the story's getting better and better it's stephen king so it, it should be a great story right and i'm at least either I've just gotten used to it being James Franco or maybe he's getting slightly better. I don't know. I think I probably just got used to him, but um, I would also recommend watching that thus I, far. I, I'm glad you told me that because uh, Missy and I watched the first episode. She liked it more than I did, but I was, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of the whole JFK. Right. It sounds terrible. Theory. Yeah. I mean, it sounds terrible to say, but yeah, the whole conspiracy and all that. I'm like really into right. all that. So I was really jazzed about this, and I'm a Stephen King fan. But then I watched the first episode, and I was like, mm, "This is okay." Too that, much, too much plot. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like too. I don't no, know. I was the same way. It took me four weeks to get around to watching the second episode. Well, let's so. just say what it's about. Isn't it about a guy who has a time machine? He goes back to 1963, yep. and he's going to I don't know. He helps solve the JFK case. Stop is that how it. it works. He's, he's stopping going back from getting to stop it. Yeah, okay. and, and it's not really stop. a machine. Yeah. It's like a portal. He has a portal that, but it will only take him to 1960. Okay. He can't go back any further than that. So, okay. um, but it's. It's interesting, and the supporting cat, like the characters, are getting more interesting as they're filling them out. So, other than that, I haven't really watched anything new. But Almost I have like the re- wire. Yeah, <laughs> I have revisited these two shows and highly recommend both of them. Cool, nice. Uh, I am going to watch Final for sure. I've been meaning to, and Me I think I, I just want to clarify that Final is a much better show than Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. So when I, I say I highly both, recommend though. them both, know that Final is a way better show. So start with Vinyl. Cool. <laughs> okay, good to know. Uh, Jacob, what have you been watching lately? Yeah, actually, the reason I haven't watched Vinyl is because I've told everyone I'm not watching any new TV shows until I watch Fargo, which I finally watched the first season this last week. Oh, what'd oh. you think? Uh, I thought it was really good. I'm not sure if it's a show to um, binge watch because it does get a little repetitious there with uh, Martin, with Martin's character. What's his, what's the actor? Martin, um, Martin Freeman, Martin Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, Martin Freeman. Uh, With his character just gets a little bit too uh, annoying, but overall I really like the show. I think Billy Bob Thornton is excellent in it. He's He's so good. uh, Yeah. He's so good. I still, that season was, was a role that he won over Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey. And I do not think he was as good as those two, but I think we all agree that they, they, they split the votes and that's probably why he's still really good in the show. I don't want to downplay that. His character is awesome. Yes. And so the things that they do with the Fargo show, I found out that, you know, the Coen brothers helped produce it, which is they do find a way to tie it into the movie, which I do think that angle is kind of cool. Right. Even though it's a very, very minor, minor detail in the whole season. Uh, But it is kind of cool how they play that in there. Yeah. I do think Martin Freeman is excellent in it. He was nominated for uh, a Golden Globe for it also for a supporting character. And um, the the actress in it, the police chief, the police yeah. officer, the what's deputy, her name? She's in the second one too. Uh, I think she's very good. I'm going to come up with her name here real quick. Uh, it's uh, her name's uh, Allison Tolman, mm. and I think she's very good in it as well. It's a nice strong female uh, lead. And the funniest thing about Fargo also is that boy, they just love to bag on these Minnesotas and North Dakota people <laughs> and they're, oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, hey, and they're like the happiest people. So that's definitely very Cohen-ish, just kind of yes. having kind of like those weird, funny characters. 
but then you bring in the northern accents and that shirt in the happiness, the super happy everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, certainly most poor people. <laughs> yeah. But if you're in the Texas and Oklahoma, it's very laid back down here. So it's always going to be like that somewhere, I guess. And if in New York, you're just a bunch of assholes. But, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun watching it. And I'm excited to watch the second season. Now I can move on to vinyl. Maybe Fuller House. Just kidding. Uh, but, you know, things like that. I did watch the uh, first, like, three episodes of Fuller House. Have I talked about that? Not yet. No. Okay. I don't need to talk too much about it. The curiosity got to me right. because people have been talking about it. Because I had the discussion to, we had about it. We had a discussion about it, and it piqued my interest. And, I mean, it's exactly as Rachel discussed, so I won't get too far into it. Especially the first episode is so, like... Oh my gosh, you know, it's so overkill. And it ridiculous. is, but I liked it. I did like it though, pure like just because though? for pure nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't love Full House as much as most people of that generation did, but it was cute. I, I would suggest watching the first episode. Just be like, oh, that's that's cute. Okay, I'll go watch something good now. Like, and the a couple episodes after that, they're fine. They seem like it's a, they're fine. It seems like it's, it's a cute. Fine, it's nothing. Cute show. It's nothing. A show amazing. for the fans. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, the things I do want to talk about, though, um, I watched Ninety Nine Homes finally. Uh, Woo! Yeah, Rachel's been uh, discussing Ninety Nine Homes for a while. Uh, I really like the cast, and I've wanted to. Got really great reviews. Andrew Garfield, who of course I like a lot because of Spidey, and uh, Michael Shannon, who of course I like because he's awesome. Um, have you seen it yet? Not yet. It's really good. I uh, I gave it an eight out of a ten. I liked it a lot. Um, Michael Shannon, as always, is so is awesome. Good, he right? plays such a good villain, and I, I don't. There's just something about him. He's just intense. He's intense. He's intimidating. The way he looks, like just with a glance, he can just he can yeah, be so intimidating. Scary. Is the word I would definitely use for Michael Shannon. Yeah, and and he's great in this. He plays a villain, a smart villain. That's like he's got sort of some redeeming values, sort of, and you kind of see what you kind of see his point. He's just taking advantage of a system. He's dirty, and he's immoral. And he's a bastard, but you kind of respect his smarts and the fact that he does kind of take this other guy underneath his wing. But he completely he, corrupts he him. He helps him, sort of. It's, like, it's a, yeah. 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 It, and basically, what's what's kind of interesting, it's basically kind of watching somebody make a deal with the devil is kind of what it, what it seems yeah. like to me. And the overall arching thing of it is the, so the housing So you have that witch feeling? Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. And Andrew Garfield is, is the little girl. Uh, and Michael Shannon's the That's whispery, right. scary voice at the end. Uh, but it's def oh, it's absolutely worth watching. It's 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 a really, really good movie. But seeing The Big Short helped you understand a little bit more about how all of that worked. Of it. it did, yeah. I, I think that I better, I, I would say watch Big Short first so you can have a better appreciation of kind of the magnitude of, of this, this is like a personal level. Yeah, like the big short showed like how it all happened, Overall, the business side yeah. of it, and all that stuff. This kind of shows you like on the ground how it affects people. Right, the personal right lives it affected. Yeah, I the just only picked- thing I didn't like about it, and I'm just gonna say this really quickly, is how far Andrew Garfield's character goes, like kind of how corrupt he gets. 
because he's such a he's a good good person. He is, but you can see why. I can see why you can justify everything that he does. Like yeah. you can see why he's. I can understand why he's doing it, but it's a bummer to see a good oh, guy go down. Yeah, I mean, road. it's a bummer. Yeah. But I didn't have a problem yeah. with it story-wise yeah. just because it made sense. It did. Yeah. Even though, yeah, it was a bummer. Sort of like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. It's just a bummer. He's a good guy. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate what happened. Uh, what were you going to say, though? Well, I was uh, going to say, you just know in real life, like Michael Shannon has like, you know, 10 nonprofits he donates to. He's probably Santa oh, Claus prob- at Christmas oh, time. Yeah. You know, everybody's buddy on the block. <laughs> he probably- you know, and then he just completely role changes when he's behind the camera or in front of the camera. Oh. <laughs> like like he walks into the bar and everyone's like, Michael's here! You know? Everyone gets a beer Shots out. for everybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, just the greatest guy. The greatest guy. He really probably is. And he's so... Um, the thing with Michael Shannon is we're going to do our top five most underrated actors on our uh, um, other podcast. And he's a guy that you definitely have to think of. Um and one of my favorite things he's done isn't any sort of movie or real part. Have you guys seen the skit where he um, reads the sorority letter? Yes, yes. Yeah. No. the infamous. Ro- oh, in between shows, you're going to watch this. Okay. Uh, if anybody out there listening, just Google Michael Shannon sorority letter, and <laughs> it's prepare- hilarious. It's so funny. Okay, cool. Um, okay, but that is that's what I've been watching lately. Um, anything you guys want to add? Oh yeah, I do. Uh, and actually, it's more about the top five list that we talked about last week, but probably better to talk about on this episode. No, never mind. I'll talk about the next episode. Okay. Uh, you can just edit that. I'll yeah. just leave yeah. that yeah. Yeah. Nope, nothing for me. <laughs> Shit, asshole. That way it'll catch your attention too. <laughs> but you'll leave that part in. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be the opening. <laughs> 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 uh, that is Pulp Fliction. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Should we do that sometimes? Just lose it.